0: Hello and welcome to Follow Me and Die. I'm your host, Larry Hamilton, and today is episode 64, Saturday Scrawl number 10, in which I'd like to talk about Play What You've Got. But first up, we have a couple of messages, first from Darren Green, and then from Frank Turfler of Frank T's Liner Notes, both with comments on the last episode about cities as dungeons. Hi Larry, Arfhead here, just listened to your recent podcast. Um, Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, using a city as a a covered up or um, undiscovered sort of dungeon. Um, You see it in films like Planet of the Apes and... uh, Other films where there's been some sort of natural disaster and uh, somewhere has been completely covered up. You can see uh, the Statue of Liberty, just the the torch sort of sticking out of the snow or sand or whatever the disaster has been. So I think that's a really good idea. Something I will uh, try and remember for future game ideas and uh, something I may add into one of my campaigns one day. Anyway, thanks for the idea. Yeah, great. Hey Larry, Frank t here frank t's liner notes um all the world is indeed a dungeon i believe william shakespeare said that i think having a city as a dungeon is a perfect way to look at uh building a city adventure or city campaign um i'm all about dungeons and everything being treated as a dungeon um i think that's a a great idea i I'll think of more ideas and possibly do uh, an extended response in my own microbursts. Darren, I'm glad you liked the idea, and you gave some great examples. If anyone else has anything to comment on this, I'd like to hear what you have to say. And Frank, yes, Shakespeare was right. It is all a dungeon. I really look forward to your ideas, so I'll be watching for that episode. And today I'd like to talk about Play What You've Got. I may have mentioned this in a past episode, but that's something on my mind lately. I've collected a lot of games since I started rebuilding my AD&D collection and added some other things to the mix. And I've added lots of print volumes as well as I have no idea how many PDFs. And some are retro clones, some are more or less new games. Or new genres using variations of rules of various retro clones. And I've not played all of them. And it makes a lot of sense, at least from an economic standpoint. Because unless you have a lot of disposable income, a lot more than I have, there's no way you can have them all. And unless you've got a place that is resistant to mold and moisture and fire and earthquake... Uh, collection is still vulnerable. A lot of what I've got as a collection is a nostalgia thing. There are a few things I have that are worth a little bit of money, but it's not a lot of money. I've got some OD&D booklets I picked up. I didn't have OD&D back in the day. I did pick up a copy of Holmes Blue Box to replace the one I gave to my little brother when I went off to college, and I've replaced all of my AD&D collection and added a few books that I didn't have for AD&D first edition back in the day and some of the books are in better shape than others and I've got a collectible section but again it's not anything that's worth a lot of money um, I don't obviously don't have anything like one of the tens of thousands of dollar value little brown box in shrink wrap that have been on eBay now and again unless you've got something like that in your collection it's not going to be most likely something that you can retire on or that your grandkids can retire on what are you going to do with it because someday we're all going to shuffle off is it stuff that your family and kids are going to want to have and knowing how so many people that get out of the hobby or pass on and don't have a plan for their stuff. What's your plan for your stuff? I haven't got my own plan settled, but I'd like to start with trying to at least play all these things. And while there's a lot of cool stuff coming out, I really have got to get better about not backing a Kickstarter for yet another new thing or variation on an old thing, because I haven't played all the games of all the Kickstarters I have backed. There's not enough time to build up a campaign and do everything. I'm not to the point where I can just run everything at a drop of a hat, but there's quite a few I can run at the drop of a hat, so I've been struggling with that, how to make that work, and would really like to be running more games. Roll20 and other online virtual tabletops make it handy to do that. It's just a matter of getting my ducks in a row and having things in personal life accommodate Such things. There's a lot of people listening to these different podcasts. Sounds like they play a lot more than I play. And I thought I played a lot playing some weeks at least twice a week. Rarely is it more than twice a week, unless it's uh, at a convention. But I most likely can squeeze in at least one more day a week to do a game. So that's things I've been thinking about because I want to be sure that I get into some of these other systems to really figure out the nuts and bolts and find out is there something in here that i want to steal for my own personal campaign advanced dungeons and dragons first edition is my comfortable home so to speak i consider it a simple system because let's face it I don't know anybody that uses all the rules in AD&D, and if you did use all the rules, some of them are kind of uh, variations, and so you can't have two rules for the same thing. That doesn't make a lot of sense, unless there's some reason you would do that. The way I played AD&D back in the day, and the way I run it now, it's not that complex it does give some choices that are kind of codified, but that can still run into problems if somebody wants to rules lawyer. So I'm trying to evaluate what tweaks and homebrew fixes to implement, or if I just want to go with something like delving deeper, which is, I describe it as original D&D, but organized, because you can really find stuff in there. I, I really like the current Fourth edition of Delving Deeper. There's a lot of cool things with uh, BASIC, or BX as people refer to, BASIC and Expert, and the various clones and their take on those things. But there's more than just fantasy games, there's Westerns. I've been really digging into Boot Hill as I've run a game at a convention and they've asked for a sequel next year, so I'm thinking on that already. Plan to run that scenario again at GaryCon. I've got my first DCC scenario that I ran a couple times at UConn. I plan to run again. I've jumped in with Gamma World and Metamorphosis Alpha, and there's just so many others, both from back in the day and either new games or retro clones, a lot of games influenced by D&D or other old school games. I guess it goes along with all the different ideas that I have. I... We'll never be able to implement all the ideas. It's going to be really hard to play all the different systems that I've got a copy, whether it's ones I've had to pay for or the free ones people have made available. There's a lot of neat ideas out there, and it would be really awesome to be able to do more. It seems that when I go to conventions, I'm not playing D&D per se. I'm playing DCC, Delving Deeper, Swords and Wizardry. Boot Hill, Gamma World, Metamorphosis Alpha, Top Secret, Gangbusters, a lot more variety. And what's really funny is, back in the day, I was mostly a science fiction guy as far as my interests. But for some reason, D and D really caught my interest. And as I say that, I've probably talked on this topic before because I believe I said that in another past episode. But there's something about D and D that I guess because it was the first role-playing game I encountered, that's the lens through which I interpret role-playing games, and because Advanced D&D was what I did the most of back in the day, that's my default setting for a role-playing game that I filter it all through that. Some of the options that you have with that really, I guess, feels like home, but I don't want to be stagnant and stay in one place all the time. There's also 5th edition. I haven't played That very much, only at cons. And I'd like to actually run it, so that's another thing I'm looking into. If you've got more than 10 games on the shelf, have you played all of them? If you've got 10 games on the shelf, have you played all of those? And if you've got more than 10 more as PDFs on your drive, have you played those? I'd like to hear other people's thoughts about what's on your shelf, what's on your drive, do you, like me, keep adding to the collection instead of playing? Uh, I don't want to be a hoarder, so to speak. I want to get some enjoyment out of it. There's not much use in buying something if it's just going to sit on the shelf. I could use that money to buy a game I will play or a supplement I will implement. Please call in and give us your thoughts. Thanks for listening and game on. And here's the end blurb. You can find Follow Me and Die at my blog, followmeanddie.com, here on Anchor and the other places where my podcast is syndicated, Follow Me and Die on YouTube, and you can find me on various sites where you see my social media avatar by the amazing Satine Phoenix. I have a social page on my blog that directs to all of my various social media. To get more of my thoughts and opinions in the realm of RPGs and games, check out my other sites. I also contribute to multiverse.world by the new TSR. If you like the podcast and the other things I share online, there are a few ways you can support my efforts. First, tell me and tell others. Just getting the word out is important. Consider backing me on my Patreon. Patrons get a vote on what PDF I publish next on one bookshelf. You can check out my growing list of PDFs at either Drive-Thru RPG or RPG now. And if you like what you see, please let me know. And if there's something that doesn't quite suit you, please let me know. Constructive criticism is very important for those of us who publish our own PDFs. I also have a Teespring store where you can get a shirt with my logo. The same one by Satine Phoenix. Thanks for listening. And game on.